Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from WiseWealth. I'm excited Stephen has a guest today, and that is Waldine Wall from Allianz. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I know that my job is going to be easy today because you're going to do an interview <laughs> with Waldine Wall. That's right. Why did you bring Waldine on the show today? Well, I'm very excited to have Waldine Wall with us. Waldine is a vice president of advanced markets and solutions of Allianz Life Insurance Company of North America, one of the largest insurance companies in the world. Uh, headquartered in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I've uh, met Waldine. I've heard him speak. He was someone who is an expert in a lot of areas where, frankly, I am not an expert. I love to have other people who who know their stuff and you can introduce them to our audience. He's uh, is a great guy, great speaker, and uh, knows a great deal. He has more than 40 years of experience in the industry. He was a financial advisor for more than 25 years. And uh, he's been with Allianz Life now for a little over 18 years. Mm. He focuses primarily on tax planning and strategy, retirement income, and legacy transfer planning. Our audience is gonna is gonna be glad to hear from Waldine Wall today. Fantastic! All right, all right, Waldine. Thank you so much for being here. I won't list all the other credentials because, uh, for sake of time, but I know there's a lot there. Appreciate you joining us today in the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. My pleasure. It makes me feel old the way you talk about my experience. <laughs> Your experience is worth a lot. We don't have any pictures up, so no one can see how old <laughs> either one of us really are. They can, hopefully they'll hear it in our voice, but uh, not see it in our face. Really appreciate you joining us from Minneapolis here on the call today. The topic that I have for us today and the reason why I wanted to have Waldine on with this is because we focus a lot as retirement planners on what we would call the accumulation phase of investing. A lot of people are really good at that and helping their clients get to the point where they can retire. We focus on a preservation phase of investing. What we would say is the five to 10 years before someone actually retires. And then there is the distribution phase. Really, from my perspective as, as a financial planner, I feel like a lot of people do a really good job, you know, Waldine, as far as the accumulation phase. A lot of people are not making mistakes when it comes to their investment choices and their investment options. They, they tend to make sure their money is growing tax-deferred. They're trying to get the matches on their 401ks. You know, maybe they're doing Roth IRAs. Generally speaking, I feel like a lot of mistakes are not made in the accumulation phase more probably made in the next phase preservation and even more in the distribution phase. So the distribution phase of investing is, is should be the fun part of someone's retirement planning, you know, process. It's the time where you can finally reap the rewards, start taking the money out of your accounts that you've saved all these years in retirement. What would you say about that? It's, it seems to me that the mistakes, the majority of mistakes people make are when it comes to this phase of investing, the distribution phase. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And there are so many more issues around the distribution phase. I mean, usually when people go into retirement, 
they're quitting a job that perhaps paid well and you know in in a few years they can't you know can't go back and get that job back if they if things don't go the way they want them right. to they're now they've made a commitment to not work and so this is really really important the other thing i would say about that is this whole concept of the individual managing you know hundreds of thousands of dollars for their own retirement that's a relatively new thing. It used to be social security and pensions primarily, maybe a house that was paid for that at some point would be sold. That that was those were your resources. Mm-hmm. But pensions are gone now for the most part. I mean right. to a to a great extent. And now people that have been putting money into retirement plans and growing it, hopefully successfully, but still working now it's like it, this is all changing now they have to generate income in the future from their own resources so this whole process of right. creating income out of retirement plan balances is is fairly new and and it can be a little scary and there are some risks in it right well that's a very good point like you're you're saying it's a kind of a new phenomenon where all of a sudden now there's several different things at at play here one of the things is like you said all of the risks even accumulate enough to be able to retire is on the individual now. Right. Now maybe they've even amassed enough to get there, but then now all of a sudden it's time to take the money out. And and the question is, when should they tar- start taking money out? How should they start taking money out? Generally speaking, I guess there's a certain time frame on when, you know, people should start looking at or in reality, what, making sure they're certain, you know, maybe past age 59 and a half before they even consider taking withdrawals from retirement plans. Right. And one of the problems that we're running into is folks might go into retirement. Maybe they have a million dollars, you know, in the IRAs and 403B and 457 and other kinds of retirement plan plans. And, and that's a lot of money. But there's they miss a connection between this big money and how much income it actually can generate for them. Right. If you just run a spreadsheet that puts a million dollars at the start and you take $50,000 a year out and increase that by two and a half or 3% a year for inflation and get, take a five or 6% return on the million dollars, you'd be surprised that right. money won't last 30 years. Right. There's a disconnect in a lot of ways between just this working and saving and working and saving. And now it's time to make decisions about income. Right, exactly. And then there's, you know, where the money should be invested. I know we've talked about that many times in our show here. We have a three bucket approach, a liquid bucket, an income bucket, and a growth bucket. And our philosophy is certainly that you should protect the income stream and grow the rest, like you're saying, just to make sure that the amount of money you have saved is enough to cover you during your lifetime. But then even that, that's one decision. Another decision is where should you draw the money from in retirement? So let's say somebody has non-qualified savings accounts. They've saved money either deferred comp or just in the bank at home. They've got IRAs that have been growing tax deferred or 401ks that are 100% taxable. And maybe they had some money in Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks. So they have three different piles of money to choose from, all different, you know, they're all taxed differently when you take them out. Is there, right. you know, a method, a general rule of thumb that someone might say, okay, I'm, I'm 65 years old now. I've got non-qualified assets. I've got qualified assets that are 100% taxable, and I've got qualified a- yeah. assets that are 100% tax-free. Any rules right. of thumb around what order you should go in? 
Well, here's the problem with that. Um, every situation is a bit different. Well, how much money do you have in your retirement plan? How much non-qualified money do you have? What kind of, mm-hmm. how much income do you need? What are your social security benefits? And mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying here is one of the situations that we're now talking just a lot about is controlling your taxes in retirement. Mm-hmm. So in my, I'm a tax guy. That's my background. A lot of the decision around where to draw when is kind of determined by my tax situation and how is that going to change over time. And that can be a big determining factor on do I, do I take my non-qualified money first or my IRA money and how will my tax situation change? So, for example, most people are unaware that if you have mom and dad going into retirement and they have built up nice nest egg and they're deferring, deferring, deferring. Now RMDs start, right? And those start rising over time and dad dies. So now mom has got the assets and she's taken the RMDs, but she's filing as a single taxpayer and her costs now go up. Her taxes go up and she probably lost a social security benefit, right? Um, the lowest social security benefit leaves. So her income goes down, her taxes go up, and if she wants to maintain her after-tax income, she's going to have to start drawing more out of the IRA, and that's going to be taxed at her single in her single filing status. And, and most people are unaware that after the first death, taxes can really jump on you. That's where you visit with a financial planner that can help you look into the future. Yeah, thank you, Waldine. I'm glad you brought that up. Such an important point that even during someone's retirement years, we're talking about the distribution phase that the taxes will increase based on where you take your withdrawals from. And even over time, after one spouse dies, the taxes could be even higher because now we're filing as a single filer instead of a joint filer and all these things really makes a big difference. And that's why, you know, you even mentioned earlier in the show that, you know, a lot of people now have to handle all these hundreds of thousands of dollars quote unquote, on their own. They probably should not do it on their own. Uh, I always tell everybody, you, there's there's mistakes that you can make in your early years and in investing and in saving and that kind of stuff. And you have time to, to recover. You have time to overcome those mistakes. But when you get to the distribution phase of investing, we really don't have time to recover from mistakes in investing or how we allocate these funds or even how we start taking money out of these accounts. And so these decisions are critical as you mentioned, and I appreciate that because I am a financial planner and we have our own firm here that people should be talking to a professional just to make sure they're getting the right advice, not only just how the money's invested. And I think that's what people focus on, Waldine, is more about the investments than even on, on the, the impact of taxes, the impact of inflation, the impact of longevity. They're not thinking about all these other things that go into just taking withdrawals. I actually think that <laughs> this whole process is a walk in the park pre-retirement. I mean, mm-hmm. for a lot of folks, I say, look, just just start putting as much money as you can in your 401k and put it in equities. And when the market goes down, you'll be buying low and it'll all work out well for you probably. And then you just work, you work and put the money in the retirement plan. It'll take care of itself and it pretty much does. But then they come to this point where they're, they have to, everything changes and now they're going right. into retirement and they have to make decisions that they're, that they're not used to making. Right. Exactly. So very important to get help during those times. You know, another thing that I see a lot of times when it comes to distributions, you know, we use these terms in our industry 
that all of us are very familiar with into the average person out there. They listen to these terms, I think, a lot of times, and to them, it means the same thing. So, for example, the word withdrawal and a rollover. I'm going to roll over my funds. I'm going to withdraw my funds. I'm going to take a distribution. I'm going to take a rollover. Those seem to be interchangeable, but it really matters when we're using those terms when it comes to people's investment accounts. You want to explain the difference between a withdrawal versus a rollover, when you can do them, how you should do them, whether it's a withdrawal or a rollover? Yeah. I mean, typically retirement plans will have advantages as long as you play by the rules. And I'm generalizing here now, but one of the rules is you leave your money in the retirement plan until you're at least 59 and a half. If you do that, then you can take money out without a penalty. Again, I'm generalizing. Yep. And, and so until that, your money is kind of locked up. Um, but then the question becomes, well, what do I, how do I, if, if I separate from service, if I leave a job, and now I have money in my old 401k plan. Do I withdraw that? No, you, you roll it over. You move it from your 401k plan to an IRA account. So you actually never take possession of it. And it just moves from one retirement plan to another. And that way it's not taxable. There's no penalty on it. When we use the term withdrawal or distribution, we're typically talking about a taxable event from at least non-Roth retirement plan money. So right. those are two, two completely different things. I think that's good. The, the distinction there is whether or not you take control of it. If you're taking money out of a 401k, IRA, wherever it is, and it's coming home to your bank account, now all of a sudden that is a, a taxable event. If it's after 59 and a half, generally speaking, there's no penalties, but you may owe tax. If it's before 59 and a half and you take it home to your checking account, there could be taxes and penalties. But like you're right, saying, if it's right. a rollover, remove it from what, you know, employer sponsored plan directly into an IRA and you never took control over it. It's not in your possession. You didn't put it in your bank account and move from one you know custodian to another. Generally speaking at any age, by the way, someone can do that and it's non-taxable. If I, I can leave my employer at age 40 and I could start a new job and start a new 401k. I could take the old 401k, roll it over to an IRA, even though I'm not 59 and a half. The 59 and a half rule only applies to people if they're taking money, taking possession of the money. That's where the penalty comes in. But you can roll over exactly. money from 401ks to IRAs at any age. Right. In fact, most of the money in IRA plans is, is rollover money. Mm -hmm. um, IRA assets right. are massive, and the reason they're massive is not because people put in five or six thousand dollars a year. Right. Even though that does happen, it's because all of this employer-sponsored mm -hmm. retirement plan money, in one time or another, it, it all comes back comes over to the IRA. Right. Yep. So when people look at rolling over, a lot of times people ask the question, I've got my money in a 401k, I'm retiring this year. Should I leave my money in the 401k? I like how it's doing. I like how it's performed. Should I move that, roll it over into an IRA uh, where I control it? Even before they retire, they leave jobs. And a lot of times, you know, even right now, probably people listening to this show today, they may have 401ks from previous jobs. They haven't worked at for 10, 15 years, but the money's still in the old 401k plan. What would you say are the advantages to leaving the money in 401k or the disadvantages of leaving the money in 401k or vice versa? What are the advantages, disadvantages of taking the money out of the 401k and rolling it over into your own IRA? Should people do that? Should people consider that? I guess I should say. 
Well, I, I can think of a couple of advantages. I mean, certainly you don't have to, and I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, twist anybody's arm if they like their employer-sponsored retirement plan, if they feel comfortable with it and all of that, that's good. However, a lot of times when folks go into retirement, they're looking to simplify their situation. Mm-hmm. They're looking to consolidate the number of, re- of, of holdings that they have so that their decision-making process is a little easier. We see that absolutely when folks go into retirement, they start to consolidate their assets. Mm-hmm. And so instead of having two or three old 401k plans and two or three uh, IRAs with different you know, broker-dealers, it's just too difficult to get, wrap your head around that and make good distribution decisions and good investment decisions. And so they try to centralize it. And so they, right. they, they pick an IRA account, that's where all the money goes, and that way they can look at it, it's all in one place, and, and right. their advisor can, can speak to it maybe in a more understandable way. Right. So that's one reason why I see people do that. Another reason is because of the choices they have within the IRA, 401k type plans, 403b accounts, here are your choices. This is it, this mm-hmm. is what you have to invest in. And I'm not saying that there's not a lot of choices, but they're generally within a, a, a stream of thought, you know, from aggressive right. to conservative. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they're limited. And inside an IRA account, you can you can have an expanded universe of, of where you're going to put your money. Right. And there's no tax liability to do that. So you can roll over five different 401ks right. into an IRA. You can move three different IRAs into one. And a lot of people mistake. We, we did a previous show on this a few episodes ago, Waldine, where we talked about diversification. A lot of people mistake diversification for owning five different IRAs, five different 401ks, and they think that's what it means right. to be diversified. No, you can put it all into right. one IRA and in that one IRA, you know, be diversified. Yeah, no tax right. in doing that. More options available to you. And like you said, makes the whole process more simple, which is the goal, especially during this phase of investing. You want to make this as simple and easy to understand, not only now, but also when you're 80, 85 years old in the number of accounts that you have. Well, that's one of the exercises that I'm going through right now. I mean, I'm not retired yet, but I want to create a situation whereby if something happens to me, it just makes it easier for everybody that's left to mm-hmm. take account of, of what we have and to work with it. Um, right. I just settled my yeah. father-in-law's estate, and over the last two years, we had been doing the same thing. We knew he was mm-hmm. not well. We started selling certain assets and staging uh, sales for certain years from tax liability standpoint. So when he finally died, almost all of his money was in, in an IRA account and a checking account. And man, was that nice. Right. Made it simple for the errors to handle and all those kinds right. of things. I think that's good. Right. We tend to look at age 59 and a half, obviously as a key age, according to the IRS, as far as when you could take money out of qualified plans and not pay any penalties. I think a lot of people are not familiar with this they assume that when you're working in a four, when you're working for a company that has an employer-sponsored plan, 401k or 403b, that you have to wait until you actually retire before you can roll the money out of that plan. But you want to talk a little bit about this uh, in-service distribution, this option that most people have that I would also say most people are not aware of these in-service distributions while you're still working. Plan document, the retirement plan document 
does have some ability to manage the availability of these uh, in-service distributions. But generally, if you're over 55 and you work for a larger company that has a retirement plan, you may have access to what we call a non-hardship in-service distribution, which basically means you can move money out of your retirement plan. You can do a rollover while you're still working. And um, a lot of times the systems that manage the retirement plans can, you can push a button and they'll tell you, oh yeah, you can roll over you know, this amount of money if you choose to via an in-service distribution. So you don't have to be 59 and a half often. You don't have to be separated from service. And if you wanted to take a piece of your 401k and roll it into an IRA, uh, you could. And it right. would, there would be no penalty, no tax. And you can do right. that while you're still working. And for the reasons that we talked about, why would somebody, you, you know, if you're 59 and a half, you're still employed. One reason why people would consider rolling the money out of their 401k plan or a certain portion of it is because there's certain things that you might be able to purchase in an IRA, certain investments you can get in an IRA where you're typically unlimited in your investment options and take it out of something where you're limited in your options in the 401k. I just think there's a misconception out there that people think, well, it's too bad. I wish I could do something different with my 401k assets. I wish I could get advice on this. I wish I could invest this differently, but I can't because I'm 60 years old and all my money's in the 401k and I'm still working. I'm going to have to wait till I retire at 65 and I hope all the money's still there. Well, no, the good news is for the vast majority of people, their plan documents allow them, like you just said, to roll the money out to an IRA 100% income tax free and then let it continue to grow in that IRA plan. Keeping it simple, then that's really, you know, that goes along with what this entire show is all about. Simplify your retirement. That's one of the reasons why we recommend consolidation, not just for consolidate for simplification purposes, but also for choice and control and those things that we mentioned earlier. So a lot of it's just rollovers. We're talking about taking money from a 401k, moving it to an IRA. There's no tax on that. If you take the money, if you take a withdrawal, you're, you're going to be taxed on those accounts if you're over 59 and a half. If you're younger than 59 and a half, there could be a penalty as well. But what about withdrawals? I know there's some exceptions. There's always some exceptions. If you can take away, if you retire at age 55, let's say you're forced to retire, is there an advantage of taking money out of a 401k versus an IRA at that point in time? It's interesting. Most people, many people don't know this, but the, the distribution rules under an ERISA plan so a corporate 401k plan is typically an ERISA plan. It functions under a whole different set of rules versus an IRA account. If you have a 401k plan and you separate from service after 59 and a half, and now you're looking to take distributions, not just roll money, but to take income distributions, if it's coming from the ERISA plan, there probably will not be a 10% penalty because the ERISA rules are different okay. than IRA rules. IRA rules are 59 and a half, but right. ERISA rules are generally different in a different, in a number of different areas, different ways. That's again, a good, good thing to know. It's a good reason mm -hmm. to you know, work with an advisor who understands the right. differences between ERISA type plans and non ERISA plans. Right. It's a good point. One advantage, I guess, of leaving the money in the 401k is if someone did believe 
they were going to need access to their funds prior to 59 and a half, or they were going to retire early and would need some of their qualified funds, that might be an amount of money you leave in the 401k because at least it avoids the penalty. But anytime right. after 59 and a half, it, it's the same either way where there's no penalty and no tax. Right. So I do want to make sure that I talk to you about taxation. So there's, <laughs> there's, dist- there's rollovers, withdrawals, there's penalties, but just in general, you know, I mean, most people are going to be taxed from their 401ks and IRAs. Either way, whether the money's coming out of the 401k or out of the traditional IRA, it all counts as ordinary income. And I think people realize that they're going to be taxed on that, that income stream. I think some people are not as familiar with the taxation on social security. You want to touch on that just a little bit. You have income coming from your 401k and IRA, but how does that impact your social security taxes? There are a lot of different ways assets can be, certain assets can be taxed. Social security used to be, we didn't pay any tax on social security, Hmm. but now there are basically three levels of tax on social security. Some people still don't pay tax on their social security Mm -hmm. retirement income. That's pretty low income person that wouldn't pay tax uh, on social security retirement income. Some people pay tax on half of their social security benefits. And then some people pay tax on 85%. So you're not losing 85% in tax. It's just that 85% of your social security retirement income is included in your tax return to be taxed. If somebody is working with you, I'm I'm assuming they're going to pay tax on 85% of their Social Security benefits. Social Security has a staggered tax structure. Um, But like you said, 401k type money, traditional IRA money, at some point, that is going to be taxed at ordinary income rates, whether it's you or a beneficiary. Ordinary income is the rule of the day, except there's an exception there for <laughs> right. NUA. <laughs> right. Um, you want to just talk about that just real quickly? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, <laughs> since you brought it up. Uh, <laughs> if you're uh, working for an organization that contributes company stock to your retirement plan, so maybe they contribute, the, maybe the 401k match is in the form of, of company stock. Or maybe they make a discretionary profit-sharing contribution to your 401k plan in the form of company stock. RISA rules, again, would say that when you separate from service, if you spin out that company stock directly into a a non-qualified brokerage account, you can pay tax on the gain in that stock at long-term capital gains rates. Mm. That's a pretty compelling thing, but there's a hook, right? There's always a hook. (laughs) The hook is when you do that, when you spin out that stock into a non-qualified brokerage account, the basis of that stock, the value of that stock when it originally went into the retirement plan is taxed as ordinary income right there, right? So if you're under Mm -hmm. 55, not only is there tax on the basis, but there's a 10% penalty. Mm. Kind of the way this works is the, the bigger the gain as a percentage of the whole, the more mm-hmm. likely it is you should consider this, this capital gains treatment. If right. you have a big basis and a small gain, 
no, probably not, because the ordinary income tax that you're going to pay when you spin the stock out is going to be too much to actually make sense. So again, that's a reason why if you have company stock in your retirement plan, got to visit with an advisor to figure out what is the best way to get that done. Well, that's a good point. So uh, talking about net unrealized appreciation. So if you're listening and you have company stock in the 401k that's been granted or gifted, or you know, that's how you get your match, you just have to be aware of that. And, and typically when someone comes to do a rollover, they're going to roll over the funds out of their 401k to an IRA the company sponsors will, you should let you know, Hey, there's, there's company stock in here. How do you want that, you know, treated? And like you're saying, right. there's an advantage of not rolling that over to an IRA because once you pull it right. out of the IRA, ordinary income tax, whereas if you just take that money in cash, you would just pay the tax on the capital gains rate. Right. And the thing is when markets are high, this NUA component is a real deal. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. worth considering. It's worth thinking about often. When markets are low, we go right through a big correction. Then obviously a lot of the gain has been taken out of that stock generally. And so it's not as feasible. But right now, Mm. if you've worked for a, a, you know, a a big company for 30 years and there's been company stock moving into your retirement plan, be careful there. You don't, don't just roll the whole thing into an IRA without thinking about it. Because what that means is you'll end up paying ordinary income tax or, or stock income right. tax on all of that as ordinary income. And maybe mm-hmm. you should have done it differently. Right. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That's one of the huge pitfalls. Again, really involves if you have company stock in your qualified plan. Very yeah. good. Two more questions I want to make sure that I ask you about here during our time today. One is just about this acronym that's called IRMA. And I know yep. that's another uh, uh, tough one that people are not familiar with. And just real quickly, you want to explain the impact of that. You know what I mean? Obviously, it comes down to how much income you earn and how that impacts right. someone's cost for Medicare. Right. So what, what do we mean by IRMA? IRMA is, <laughs> is the uh, income-related monthly adjustment amount. Income-related monthly adjustment amount. Mm-hmm. When you start Medicare, there's typically no premium for Medicare Part A, but for Part B and Part D, Part D is drugs, Part B is, is your typical you know, medical insurance um, that Medicare provides, that premium is means-tested or that premium is based on your income. If your income is significant, you may be assessed an income-related monthly adjustment Mm -hmm. amount. You might pay a higher premium for Medicare Part B and Medicare Part D. So that's what we refer to. And and actually, this is really important, too, because when you go into retirement, what you want to do is kind of keep an eye on how your taxes might move in the future and will increased income throw you into a new premium Mm -hmm. slot you thought you had your medical costs under control, but all of a sudden, bam, you've got premiums that you didn't anticipate part of the planning process. Sadly, it doesn't sound like things get easier, does it? (laughs) (laughs) So the things that we can make less complicated, the better, simplifying things, but then it comes down to, right, you have to look at the income you're receiving in retirement. This distribution phase, so important. You have to look at where you're getting the income from, 
when you're getting it, how you're getting it, how that impacts your tax rate that you're going to pay in general. And then, you know, how much, how might that impact your taxes on your social security income and then see right. how that might impact your potential to have to owe more for Medicare part B and D premiums in the future. So there's a lot to watch out for right. in this phase of, uh, of investing the golden years. Well, as they and call it. to make it worse, it seems that the IRS or the government, whoever, has really started to look at all of this money that is in these retirement plans, right? right. And so they're, they're, they've made some changes to the tax structure, and who knows how this might work itself out in the future. But if you've done well, and if you've got a good-sized retirement plan, you really need to plan that distribution so that your taxes aren't more than they should be or more than you can manage. Totally agree. Such a huge factor. Like I mentioned, you know, even when we started the show, this is one of those areas where you just feel like, okay, I finally made it. Everything's going to be easy, but these are major, (laughs) major decisions. You know what I mean? You can't really, you don't want to make mistakes during this phase because it's hard to overcome them. Unfortunately or not, this is a time of life where people just, they'd rather not have to deal with these things. They just want to enjoy their retirement, but these are decisions that have to be made and looked at, especially from a tax standpoint. There's no reason for anyone to pay more in tax than they should. And that's why it's important to have a plan. Just in general, Waldine, in the area of distribution planning, is there one piece of advice that you would give to people while they're in this phase or maybe getting ready to enter this phase of investing? What would your advice be if you had one thing you had to say to people who are getting ready to retire or they're in this phase of investment life? Everybody doesn't have the resources that I have or or the the background and so on, but I just really, really think it's important to take a look at what might happen from a cash flow and and tax standpoint before you go into retirement. Look at that. Try to be aware of what kinds of issues might be popping up so that you can address them sooner rather than later. And then as time moves on, continually assess and refresh your analysis so that you can make decisions as they need to be made. And you're always looking ahead to see, well, what problems might come up? For example, I talked about taxes increasing after the first step. Well, if you're going to, if you're thinking defer, 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 well, you might run into a situation where a surviving spouse is going to lose more tax than, than she, he or she should. Right. So what can I do now to kind of plan for that eventuality? We might think about things like Roth conversions and, mm-hmm. and other things. But again, those are entirely dependent on your situation and, and what's best for you. Absolutely. That's a good point you brought up there right at the end, even Roth conversions. A lot of planning goes in the stage, especially I think as it relates to taxes and penalties, which is the, the focus of the show today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your expertise in these areas. Uh, you're the vice president of Allianz. Is there anything you would like our audience to know about Allianz Life Insurance Company or any resources that uh, you all have available for people in the audience or anything you want us to know about the company that you represent, Allianz? Well, one of the things I like about working with Allianz is we are actually always trying to stay on the cutting edge of what kind of developments need to be embraced in order to help our, our policyholders. Mm-hmm. The thing I like anyway is that we're not a stagnant organization. We're constantly mm-hmm. changing, trying to improve our offerings and how we help people. 
we uh, hope to be a big part of the retirement solution going forward. I appreciate that. Allianz uh, has been a great partner, you know, certainly for us and our firm. We appreciate what you guys are doing there and the products that you all develop in, in terms of helping people plan for longevity risk with uh, life insurance, with annuities and all kinds of solutions. I do appreciate the fact that you are, you're not stagnant. A lot of these life insurance companies, you know, been around for a long time and they're old and they, it's hard for them to adapt and move and grow and do anything different. But you guys are constantly trying to keep up with the times and uh, certainly we appreciate that. And I uh, appreciate your time today. Waldine, thanks for joining me on the Simplify Retirement Podcast. My pleasure. Great to be with you. Gentlemen, what I, what I know, Stephen, every time we get together, I sit back and I listen when you, when, especially when you have a guest on and you guys are just talking about such deep things, quite honestly, mm-hmm. is that there's so much more for me to learn. <laughs> there's right. always something more for me to learn, <laughs> which is a beautiful thing. And I know that the audience members are probably in the exact same boat. The theme of today for me is you need to work with a professional. Right. That being said, again, please give your contact information where people can reach you, Stephen, uh, so they can start this conversation or, or ask some of the questions that came up for them during mm-hmm. everything that Waldine shared too. I mean, it was obviously we just barely, barely scratched right. the surface on this. So how can people reach you, Stephen? If you have any questions about what you heard today during the podcast, the best way to reach us is to go to our website, which is wisewealth.com. W-I-S-E-W-E-A-L-T-H. There's a contact us link. That's the best place to go if you want advice, you want a consultation, you want to get questions answered. If you want just information about retirement planning in general, you'd like to learn on your own, we do have an online course that people can take from the comfort of their own homes. That's at simplifyyourretirement.com. Simplifyyourretirement.com. Waldine, I started off this podcast asking Stephen why he brought you on the show today. You showed me why he brought you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. My pleasure. And of course, Stephen, it couldn't happen without you. Thank you so much for bringing Waldine on the show. I learned a lot. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate that. Glad to do it. <laughs> you bet. And of course, the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Simplify Your Retirement Podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And please, this is, this is one of the top ones to share. In my opinion, it's really going to give you a lot to think about. It's going to give them a lot to think about. Do they have all their ducks in a row? Are there any questions that they didn't even know they had? Well, they'll, they'll figure that out when they listen to this again. Thanks for listening today for everyone at wise wealth. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the simplify your retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wise Wealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.